0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, Wellprinters, and welcome back to another episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. This week, I'm talking to Lindsay Smith, the Food Mood Girl, and we are talking about writing books. I know from talking to many of you, and also myself— that writing a book is a big goal for many of us to move our health and wellness careers forward. And Lindsay Smith has already written several books and now works as a speaker. So she's, instead of doing individual health coaching now, she's speaking to audiences and working on writing more books and really just taking her career in the direction that she wants to go. And what I love about Lindsay is that she's really generous with sharing her experience and her knowledge about how to write a book. So some of the things we talked about, this is really a jam-packed interview. We're gonna talk about how Lindsay launched her career as a speaker and an author, how she launched her first book, even though she didn't have an audience. And that ties into how you should stop waiting for permission and just start writing. Both of those are really important because I see a lot of us getting stuck because we feel like we don't know enough yet, or we don't have a big enough following to write a book, and Lindsay tells us that that's not the case. We also start talking about whether you should find a publisher or self-publish your book and why you should start thinking about marketing even before you're finished writing. And then Lindsay also shares her top three tips for aspiring authors. And there's loads more in this interview. I really suggest that you get a pen and paper because you're going to want to take some notes. So before we jump into the interview, I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs for people leaving reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate it. We've got Mick Bozzi that said, I'm very excited to listen to these podcasts. I'm new to health coaching, so I'm absorbing any info I can get. Thanks for all your great info. And Liz Nick said, I just listened to all the podcasts and I love them. Now I'm excited to head over to the sites they mentioned and check them out for myself, thanks. And then Elo Todd said, I stumbled across this podcast looking for wellness podcasts after I needed a lifestyle change and I really loved it. It seemed to speak to me about all the things I needed to hear. I just love the health and business angle. Thanks so much for leaving reviews and ratings on iTunes. And if you haven't yet, I'd really appreciate it if you'd subscribe on iTunes and leave me a quick review. I'll give you a shout out in the podcast, but more importantly, it helps me reach a new audience and that's really important. And the last thing I wanted to mention is that I've got a free five-day blog challenge running right now on Wellpreneur Online. So if you've got a website and a blog already, but you feel like you don't have enough readers, my five-day blog challenge takes you through a process to create content that your readers are going to love and share and that are going to increase the amount of readers that you get on your blog. So you can sign up for that at wellpreneuronlinecom challenge. Great. So without any further ado, let's jump into this interview with Lindsay and get inspired to write ourselves a book. Island for joining me on the podcast today. I've been really looking forward to talking to you about book publishing because that's something that I hear so many of my clients talk about that they'd love to write a book and I know it can seem really intimidating and you've mastered this process so we're really excited to learn from you.
1: Yeah I'm excited to to share all the knowledge that's been built up over the years. It's it's crazy how much I've learned, you know, in even just a short amount of time about the industry. So, I'm excited.
0: Great. So, could you for people that aren't familiar with you, could you just give us a quick rundown of what your business is and what kind of things you're working on today?
1: Yeah, sure. So, my my business is called
0: Food Mood Girl. So, it's
1: kind of just branded under who I am. I work with people with food and mood issues, so anxiety, depression, emotional eating, things like that. I did coaching early on in my business, and once I launched my book and started traveling and speaking more, I decided that that was how I could personally make a greater impact in the world. So I stopped doing individual coaching, and today I am doing public speaking and then keeping up with my website, my blog. We we have you know products in the store in our store so kind of basically formulating how I can help people with these issues in just a different way so I'm someone that I've always loved products I've always loved books and so it's something that I wanted to take a direction in because it's something that is passionate to me and it's helped me and so I want to be able to help others in that same way
0: mm-hmm. when did you write your first book it was called junk foods and junk moods i think is that right
1: yes yeah i wrote that when did i start writing it or when did it come out?
0: Well, both actually.
1: So I always knew I wanted to write a book. It was just something that when I got into health coaching, my goal wasn't really to see clients. My goal, I knew I was probably going to do that for a little bit, but I just kind of to get my feet wet and to understand where people were coming from. But I knew ultimately that writing books and speaking was what I wanted to do. So that actually, I started writing the book, I want to say in June of was it 2010 or 2011 I I can't remember but it was one of those years I, it's all like you know coming together it all blends now. together right? yeah <laughs> it all blends together but basically a time frame is it took me about a year to write and it happened off of kind of a whim like I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to write about I wasn't someone that knew exactly and then I actually witnessed this incident in the airport when I was on my way to a nutrition conference that totally changed who I was, not who I was, but just the way that I was perceiving nutrition and health and how I'd been very judgmental for a few years now, because I had all this information and I wanted to share it with people, but I would judge people for what they were eating. And so this instance kind of showed me that, Hey, Lindsay, you need to kind of stop doing that. And it's not good. And it's not helpful. And if you want to p- help people with emotional eating and ex- anxiety and things like that, like you went through, you need to be a little bit more compassionate. So through that experience, it just really sparked the book. Honestly, I started writing it it from that day on, it it was took me, I say it was a year process because it took me actually very, it was a short amount of time to actually write, but the process of learning about self publishing versus mainstream publishing to what I wanted to do to getting it set up and formatted took about a year mm-hmm. all together, editing and all of those things. And then the book officially launched in February of 2012. Right. So it's actually coming up on its second anniversary, which is crazy to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of people have this, you know, a dream to write a book. That's a dream for a lot of people. But then sometimes you read stuff online that, or read articles in magazines that say, oh, well, you know, that's dead. The book industry's over and you really need to be focusing on new media and building your online presence and things like that. But then there's still people that say it's really essential to have a book. So kind of where obviously you're in support of books because you have one. So how have you kind of what's been your experience with that? Like, have you found that it really made an impact in your business? Yes. I mean,
1: hands down, 100%. It definitely made a huge impact in my business and even allowing me to kind of do this full time. It it was a catalyst actually for change in in all of that. And I'm very passionate about about the book industry. I don't think that it's a dying industry. I think people are still reading books. I think there's something that people want. There's something tangible. People relate to stories. People relate to connection. People relate to experiences. And so I think books are a great way to do that, whether it's an audiobook, whether it's an ebook, or whether it's, you know, a print copy of the book. I think all are sound ways to get your message out. But I do think, you know, you do have to integrate this online presence. Uh, one of the things that, for me, for example, I, I really didn't have a following at all. Like, hmm. I mean, I, I had... I just knew I wanted to write this book. And I knew that was going to help me get more opportunities and create, you know, a more passionate following. So I actually based, I just called my book, Junk Foods and Junk Moods. And then that's actually when I came up with my brand, The Food Mood Girl, because I wanted to be the expert of that food and mood industry. And I wrote my book, I launched it. And I mean, I pre-sold, to give you numbers, this is someone who's not really, I wasn't really known at the time, wasn't doing speaking, wasn't on TV, you know, I mean, I was doing Mm -hmm. speaking, but but not not to the capacity that I am now and I sold 200 copies, pre-sold them before the book even came out, which I thought, and I still think that's actually a really, really good number. Yeah.
0: Now, did you have a website at the time?
1: I did have a website. My business was called something else at the time. So, you know, I had a website. I was getting my feet wet. I I guess I'd been in business technically for about a year. I I was kind of just still feeling around and seeing what was working and what wasn't. And having the book actually just really solidified my brand, my message, exactly the people that I want to reach, who I want to talk. To and through that, started building my community. But I I really think that you can do it either way. Like some people will say, you need to build this online community, you need to build a presence. And if I could go back, I might, I might have done that because it would have made it a little bit easier to probably sell and things like that. But at the same time, I think either way works because, you know, starting out kind of unknown. Now I've been on different TV shows, you know, national shows and local shows, and I've been on radio shows and had magazine interviews. And now people are starting to see that momentum. And so it's, Kind of in a way, building that community. So I think either Mm -hmm. way works. And I think you need both in order to be successful.
0: I think that's really inspiring actually, because I think a lot of people are waiting for permission or they're waiting until they hit some threshold or something happens or they have X amount of people coming to their website before they feel like they're expert enough to write a book. I come across that a lot in the coaching that I do is that people don't feel like they're an expert. Like, who am I to write a book? And I love that, that through the process of writing a book, it really helped you solidify your business. And you can do that first. You don't necessarily have to build this whole presence first. Like if you want to write a book, you should just get out and write it. That's the message I'm getting from you, which I think is just really inspiring.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's you can sit around and wait and wait and wait until there's a a perfect time to launch, but there's never going to be a perfect time. And I think it's it's really important to get your message out and and those things will follow. I just met with someone the other week that wanted to write a book and she was talking to me about it, and she said, she's like, Well, I just really want to write it because I feel like I'll have all the, these opportunities you know where I could sell it and one of the things I said is, you know you're probably not going to make unless you have a huge following on all media at all the times, probably not going to be a New York Times bestseller. Overnight, that's I mean, it's happened to like very slim people, I think like fifty shades of gray, like was one of like <laughs> the examples of that happening too, but mm-hmm. it's probably not going to happen, but what it is going to leave you is opportunities that you can take for the future, so for example, with my book, it's two years old, and I am still making money off of it. I'm still speaking about it if if not, more than before, more than when mm-hmm. it launched, you know, I'm able to go into a company. And not only sell myself on speaking, but I'm able to add on 100 copies of the book for all of their employees. And I'm able to utilize it in a way, giveaways or, you know, however. And it's on barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. It's in in the UK. It's not all these different outlets. Mm-hmm. So through that, it's still success. I still count it as a success because it's still it's brought me so many opportunities that I probably would not have had.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's get down into the, the details. Then if somebody wants to write a book, there's I know just from the bit of research that I've done on on writing a book, there's a big debate between do you try to find a traditional publisher or do you go with self-publishing? So can you give us your thoughts around that?
1: Yeah, actually, this is, I love talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) I can talk about it all day. So I've actually done both. Well, I'm in the process of doing more of a mainstream publisher. And then also I've self-published. I love both processes. There's ups and downs to both. And I can kind of lay those out for you for each self-publishing and mainstream publishing. But I've thoroughly enjoyed both. I think if you're an unknown author, I think if you don't have a following, I think self-publishing is definitely the way to go because it helps it really helps get your book out fast and efficiently, and you can basically start making money on it immediately and at low cost. I really enjoy self-publishing. I actually enjoy it, I don't want to say more than mainstream publishing, but I, I just thoroughly enjoy the process of it. It's a very creative process. I'm a creative person too, so I enjoy that part of it. But you are, you know, you are your own publicist. You are the person that has to promote it unless you hire someone. I don't want to say it's it's still, they're kind of both the same amount of work, but self-publishing is definitely learning how to do it, what you need, the process of it. But you keep 100% of your profits and you also control exactly what's going out there 100%. Mm-hmm. If you are an unknown author, I think it's super important because you can, like I said, you can get a book out really fast. You don't have to wait to have a full-out manuscript and send it in to people and wait, you know, and have it get an agent and you know, have the agent pitch it to people, and you have to hire the agent, and it, it's all these kind of processes, and mm-hmm. you can kind of get rid of that. And then, what I love about that is if you then, after you have a book and you self publish and you start to gain a following, kind of very similar to what I did, is then you have the credibility, you have the numbers, how many book units you sell a month, you know, what kind of media opportunities you've had. So then, going to get an agent to pitch to a publisher is 10 times easier because right. now you have the solid information and they're more willing to take a chance if they can see how many units you've sold and how many opportunities that you've had from the book. Yeah, that uh, makes sense. So that's a good way to kind of think about it. And it's very, it's still very credible. I mean, as long as you have an editor, I i mean, I have not run into any issues where people are like, oh, you self-published, you know, Ugh. it's actually the, that kind of, mentality is lessening because I think more people are realizing I mean even really famous authors are now self-publishing because they have the following they know people will buy it and they get to keep 100 percent of their
0: profits. Mm-hmm. but you're saying even when you did that the first time you hired an editor yes
1: yeah I did definitely hiring an editor is key to self-publishing because some reviewers or people in the industry they'll actually they get a lot of books especially self-published and the grammar may not be you know up to par and so they'll They'll require if this is a self-published book. We want to know like that you had an editor and things like that. So that's and and it just makes your book ten times better Mm -hmm. than. 'Cause you, you miss things. I mean I, I had a typo in my book for like six months after it was launched <laughs> and, and I, I found out about it from like an Amazon review. Someone was really angry about oh, this no. typo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my goodness, because you just you know, you I, I mean I've had I had dozens and dozens of people go through it but and I had editors and it still, you know, was a mistake that wasn't caught. So so I think it's a really crucial step in the process.
0: Were there other parts of the self publishing process that you needed to outsource? that you weren't able to do yourself?
1: Um, I mean, you you know, cover design, if you want to have a solid cover, if you want to, the layout of the book, if you do want to hire someone to help you market it, the ISBN number on the book you have to purchase, but it's that's mm. really, really cheap. If you want any like professional photography, like f- for example, you know, headshots, like my photos on the, actually my photos on the front and the back cover of Junk Foods and Junk Moods. And my second book that I co-authored with my friend, Lorraine Miller. She, That book is called The Bliss Cleanse, and we had professional photography done for that because we had some stock photos of recipes, and or not stock photos, or actual photos of some of our recipes and things like that. So those are some of kind of the underlying costs. Mm -hmm. I'd say a ballpark, if you would get all of that, you're looking at probably like fifteen hundred dollars to two thousand dollars depending on who you know that could do things for you right. <laughs> as well i had a pretty strong network so it didn't cost me that at all because i had you know people that were willing to help me so it was cheaper for me but i'd say a ballpark you're looking at like fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars and that's with editing cover design layout you know s- your own photography, ISBN number, and Mm -hmm. maybe even
0: some marketing. And I guess the cover design is super important. Yes. Yeah, because I know like when I'm going through for amazon for example and sometimes you see the covers and you just think oh that's self-published or oh that's you know you can just tell it just has this feeling that it's not a real it's just not as professional yeah yeah so that's one place to spend money i think for sure i mean i've
1: seen that a lot like my covers are all very i'm very proud of my covers especially Mm -hmm. the junk foods and junk moods one because it it's something that when people see it they're like it's, you know, me with this cake looking miserable, looking at this cake. Mm-hmm. And when people see it, they're like, oh, my goodness, I need this book because that's how I feel. And so to me, it's always been like, a, a, how do I want people to feel whenever they look at this? And, yeah, book covers are super, super, super <laughs> <virtual>. <laughs> Definitely want to invest lots of money there.
0: <laughs> I I guess you said you had a big network for that, so maybe you went through that for your cover, but have you tried hiring outsourcers to do things like that through... I don't know, something like Elance or Odesk? Or do you have another source that you find freelancers through for things like that? To be honest,
1: I haven't only because I know really excellent, like a lot of my friends are in the industry. And so they know me, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, I think that was, that's really important is the fact that they know me, they get me, I signed a contract to go with a mainstream publisher. For my next book. And even they were like, you know, really liked my covers of my last books. And even they said, you can use who you've used before because it really fits who you are in your brand. Mm-hmm. And so I got lucky in that regard. And I found it, you know, easier. But I, I mean, I've seen people use like Fiverr and Elance and. And things like that. And some of them I haven't been thrilled with, to be honest, as far as cover wise. But I think it's, you know, it's really up to you. I I do recommend, though, going to maybe someone that knows you a little bit more just because that or that you could build a relationship with. You can kind of go back and forth and tweak things that maybe you didn't like or you want to change, which is really important. You don't just want to, you know, oh, this is it. You know, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it may be like that, but, you know, there may be things that can be improved.
0: Yeah. So can you give us, if somebody wants to write a book, you know, somebody out there listening is, that's what they're going to do in 2014, right? Write a book. So what are your top three tips for an aspiring book writer, book author?
1: I would say one is to really get confident in what you want to write about and why you want to write it. I I get a lot of people, dozens of people come to me a week and want to know the tricks of the trade and how to do it. And what I find is a lot of people, they say they want it, but I don't really know if that's the case. It's almost like I want it, but I don't want to do any of the work. Mm -hmm. Which it is, it can be a lengthy process. I mean, I've I've gotten it down to a science now. I could probably put out a book a month if I really wanted to. Um, I don't want to.
0: (laughs) You might go crazy doing that, but yeah.
1: (laughs) But really, solidify. I think the first step is solidify why you want to write it and get really confident in that because that's going to be the driving force. You know, for me, it was when I saw that instant that you know the woman in the airport and I had this kind of existential moment, if you will. I. I realized that there was this greater need and that drove me the entire process of it. The book was never about me. It was never about it was this greater need to get this message out. And that's what true like every time I was even frustrated or something was going wrong with the book or or whatever may have come up. I just remembered that and that that was a huge, huge driving point. The second thing I would say is figure out what writing style works for you because it's so different for everyone. Some people can write every day. They can get up. I know I just met with my friend. He's a editor for a local magazine here, a local newspaper, and he is writing a book. And he was like, every day I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I write for two hours and this is how many words it is and mm-hmm this is and that works for him that I would go crazy like that does that just does not work for me so you have to kind of figure out what's going to work for you some people like to be more regimented some people like to really write from the heart so when they experience things if that's the case too that can be hard to write so for that I would recommend re-experiencing things so writing about what you've already experienced and getting into that as you experience new things finding the writing stuff that works for you I've personally go away to write. I will go write a book in a week. Like I'll go somewhere for a week. I won't bring my cell phone. I'll bring anything. I'll just bring a laptop and my ideas, my outline. And then I just go write it because that's I have like I get super distracted.
0: You're like full on immersion. Just go in and just all book for that week. Wow. And then you have a draft at the end of that.
1: Yeah. And then I send it in or, you know, do what I need to do. I'm someone that I, I can only write on emotion, essentially, And so when I allow myself to immerse like that, I write solely off of past experiences and emotions. So I it's like a very it's a it's a very like sad process, like a happy and sad process because I'm reliving things or re-experiencing things because I want to fully be immersed. So for me to do that in my office when I have to go give a speaking gig in like two hours, like I just can't do that. Mm -hmm. I, I get too emotional. So yeah, that's what I do. It's kind of a weird when I tell people that. Some people are like, "Wow, that's kind of crazy," (laughs) but it's what works for me. So you know, what I would suggest is finding what works, you know, for you specifically. And then the third tip would be to start the process of pretty much everything before, like, to start the process of finding, you know, if you want to self-publish, who you want to self-publish with, starting to think about your book cover starting to think about layouts and fonts and starting to already think about your marketing and how you're going to market the book, because those are the, actually the most important things. Writing the book is kind of, I, I, it sounds bad, but it's its kind of secondary in a lot mm. of ways, because the work is really going to be, once the book's done, it's going to be up to the editor to you know make suggestions and things like that. But other than that, you still want to get the ball rolling with the other tasks at hand, essentially, because those are such crucial, crucial parts of the mm-hmm. step. And, and I think it helps you realize that your book is coming to life. If you just if you just have a blank screen all the time and you're just writing and you have no idea, you don't have like a book cover in front of you or like, th- you know, things like that, it, it may not drive you as much. But once you start seeing the things come to life, you're like, OK, yes, I need to get on my writing. I need to mm-hmm. go and write. I need to make sure that, you know, my editor's on track or whatever it is. So So those Mm -hmm. are kind of my three. I know they're kind of long, but.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Because I think, you know, not just in writing a book, but just about a lot of things with running a wellness business is that a lot of people tend to wait until it's perfect, you know, and you want to get everything. I hear hear a lot of clients say, well, I need to get my website set up and like my email opt-in and everything, like all these ducks in a row before something, before they can go see clients or before they can pitch themselves as a speaker. And I think what you're saying there is, you just need to like get the parts moving, like start to get, you know, start to get the marketing going and, and just make it real before it's done, before it's ready.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, you bring up a good point. I see that a lot too. I come from the mindset of launch and learn. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that gets me in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) For example, there was a huge typo in my book for six months and I'm not proud Sit here and tell that to you. But I'm going to be real in saying that because I was really embarrassed at that typo because it was a really bad one. I was mm-hmm. super embarrassed. And, you know, my book had been out for six months and no one noticed it. Not even my friends mm-hmm. that had bought the book and read it like no mm-hmm. one noticed it. And it was really, really frustrating. But I think if if I would have been paralyzed and waiting to write the book, you know, wait, you know, waiting the extra couple weeks to put the books out to like do some final rechecks and if I would have done all these things look at all the people that I helped in those six months look mm-hmm. at all the testimonials that I got from people that their life has changed because of this book look at the opportunities that have been brought my way because of because of having this book out and so you kind of have to wait weigh that out like to me it's it's much better that I had that typo that yeah it you know it sucked to have that I'd, I wouldn't want that but even books that I read that from authors that I love have typos and yeah. like you know and it's just it have me you know that have huge publishers and tons of editors and so I was like okay I can't get hung up on that mistake because look how many people I helped. And and that's really what it's about. And I think when you can kind of get out of your own way and stop realizing that if it's not perfect, that's okay. Like you're at least getting it out there and then... You can adapt very quickly after, but at mm-hmm. least your pro- at least your product, at least your message is out there. And you've done the
0: heavy lifting and you've gotten it and then you can just make tweaks going forward. Exactly. Yeah. So can we talk a bit about promotion and marketing? Yeah. You know, as you've said, that's maybe even more important than what's written in the book itself. So could you just give us a few tips maybe, you know, starting out like you did. So you didn't have a big audience. You self-publish a book and then what happens? <laughs> So how does anyone hear about it?
1: So I actually, for the first three months of the book, I did hire a publicist, someone to help me. I I actually PR and publicity is my background, so I do have experience. And you know, I'm friends with a lot of reporters and TV news anchors and things like that. So I know it can be challenging for people, but I think because I had that, it was I don't say easy because it's never really easy, but a little easier than it it could have been. Yeah, than it should have been. And so I did hire a publicist when I first got started. And it was great. I mean, I got a couple TV get, you know, TV opportunities, local TV, couple magazine ops, full page spreads in local magazines, and, and really focused on local. I know a lot of people are like, well, this needs to be everywhere, and I noticed that if I could, I kind of just took the approach, okay, if I can focus local and get people here excited about it, then I can start spreading it, and so I started local, got on, you know, local television on, um, in magazines, like I said, and then I also kind of was crazy and decided to do a book tour that I planned myself, so.
0: Wow. It
1: was, it was, <laughs> It was actually probably one of the most awesome experiences I ever had. But in hindsight, I'm like, oh my goodness, Lindsay, you are completely out of your mind. Because I would just call cold call people and be like, hey,
0: what bookstores?
1: <laughs> um, or- you know, I would I would contact bookstores and actually I stayed away from bookstores, believe it or not, because I knew that that wasn't going to be what where you know people are coming in and out and i just knew that that probably wasn't going to be feasible and they're usually not to be honest okay unless you're like a really really big name so what i did is i called organizations that i thought would mesh with my brand so like yoga studios pilates studios what else did i call i called like some women's organizations and so I basically built this tour around, honestly, off a whim, like people that I knew that I could stay, like my friend lives in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do something there. And then my other friend (laughs) lived in Philly. I was like, okay, I'm going to do something there. And then my other friend in New York. Okay. And then I was like, oh, I have people. And then I did put out, you know, feelers on different out, you know, online. I said, hey, would anyone be interested in hosting, you know, a, a stop on my tour? And You know, I got some excitement there. And so through that, you know, I made up we I had flyers made up for each of the stops and, you know, event pages and things like that. And then went around to all these towns. And I actually I mean, it was really awesome. But in hindsight, it it was actually really crazy. But it was a cool it was a really cool (laughs) experience. Now, I think having that experience, I was a little bit more strategic with my other books and, and what I wanted to do and and how that would be so Having, you know, I had a launch party for each of my books. So like a local launch party to get people really excited about it. And mm-hmm. and then from there, you know, I think as far as marketing goes... Staying local is is very important. And then as you do that and kind of get the feel, because I think also owning a book is kind of like or writing a book and, and promoting it is even though it's your message in your book, when you go and show up at events or when you talk about it, you're learning, you're still learning. Like, I, I remember mm-hmm. I remember my first interv- my first TV interview and the first question she asked me was, oh, what inspired you to write this book? And I was like, well, my parents didn't really—they kind of ignored me as a kid. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is like—I cannot believe I'm saying this right now. I, it's like in my in my head, like it seemed like it was ten minutes long. And in my head, I'm as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh my goodness, your parents are watching this right now. And so then I quickly, I quickly was like, well, what I'm trying to say is like, anytime I was a, a kid and I was upset, you know, my my family would do the best thing that they knew and would. You know, get, just give me a piece of candy to make me feel better. And it, I eventually developed a love for candy and sugar and this whole food and mood type of thing. And so I, I was able to brush it off. But looking back on that, it was like the worst thing I ever did. And, but <laughs> mm. I, you know, I had to have that experience. And I had to have that learn. I've never, I was never on TV before. Mm-hmm. And now I was just on the Lisa Lisa Oz show in May, and like I just went in. I knew exactly what I'm talking about. We had a great conversation. And it was like boom. It was so flawless. But I think
0: that's why you just have to, like what you said before. You just have to get started. You just have to put it out there and get started because it's not going to be perfect in the beginning, and you need to just get over those first few iterations so that you can really start, you know, really getting your message out there.
1: Exactly. So I I told you it's, you know, two years now and I'm, I'm still, it's still my number one selling book. I still get requests to speak on it all the time. And it's a really, it's just the marketing, it's still ongoing marketing, you know, and it's, it's great because if reporters are looking for something I still have something to pitch them. It's two mm-hmm. years later and I can still pitch them this idea of a food and mood segment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it, it's a constant marketing effort really to have a book and to have a message. But I think, I think starting out locally is really, really important, especially because if you mess up, it's not a huge deal. You know, you want to do your best, but I think it's all learning. I remember Chris Carr actually with crazy sexy cancer just, mm-hmm. just posted a blog article and she was like, you know, looking back to my old media stuff, like I cringe every time I watch it because she's like, I was such a baby. Like I didn't even know what I was. It's almost like you feel like you don't know what you're talking about because over time you get better at talking about it. You just just really have to do it and know that find comfort in knowing that this is honestly most people's path. Most people don't wake up and, you Mm -hmm. know, like camera ready and are ready to just, you know, talk really intellectually about their material you know most people are you're still learning you're still mm-hmm. seeing. and I think also when it happened to you and like you're writing this message and it's your message you have so much information you want to share and it's just learning what is kind of the selling points of that and what are the the points that are going to be the best and what you really need to hit home not not giving your entire life story mm-hmm. um, making it sound
0: it, button the little sound bites that the media loves
1: ex- exactly yeah.
0: And I, I love what you said that, you know, everybody has a journey like that because I think a lot of times, especially online, you know, we see these people and they just look. They've got this polished, perfect presence and you just think, oh, they're amazing. I'll never be like that. It seems like they're this overnight success. But actually, you're not seeing, you know, the crappy website they started out with and when they had 10 followers and the embarrassing media things like, you know, by the time you discover a lot of people, they've already done their several years of that and you don't see it anymore. And so I think, yeah, we need to just not get discouraged about the fact that we might not be there yet.
1: Comparison I, I was like that. I was that person that completely was paralyzed by comparison. I compared myself to everyone and was like, Oh, you know, I just wish I could, you know, be like that and look at the following that they have and oh man, you know, their books on the New York Times bestseller and oh look at this person, you know. And it's just it's it's seriously paralyzing and I think the biggest help for me and all of that was just realizing that, look, you know, they had, they had a very similar story that I, you know, I'm on right now, you know, I'm just at a way different chapter than they are. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's not going to happen. It's just by comparing you're only, you're only sacrificing your own success and hindering your own success. And so I think comparison is, it just, I see it too many times. And I was a victim of it, you know, where I would constantly compare it to. So I know that it, it's very real, especially with social media because it's easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I used to scroll down Facebook and get so depressed because I'm like, look at all these people doing all these awesome things. And look at me like sitting here in like my office and like my house and, you know, not doing anything cool right now. I you think know? we've all been there. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> people only publish the stuff. They only post social media updates when they're doing something awesome. You know, nobody yeah. says I'm sitting here in my pajamas in my home office for eight hours doing my accounting. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Well, Lindsay, oh, unfortunately, we're pretty much out of time, which is too bad because I also wanted to talk to you about starting a career as a speaker, but we can talk about that some other time. We might have to have you back on. So can you let us know what's next for you and where people can find you if, if they'd like to learn more about you or work with you? Yeah,
1: you can find me at foodmoodgirl.com. And, you know, I'm blogging and, and sharing and trying to be as you know authentic as possible with with my upcoming writing and things like that so feel free to find me there and as far as what's next working on my next book with you know my publisher so I'm sure there'll be updates and everything on the website um don't really have many details right now but you can still check out everything else I have going on there
0: awesome cool well thanks so much Lindsay for your time it was great talking to you
1: yeah thank you I appreciate it
0: Thanks for listening to the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. For all the links to the websites and resources we discussed in this episode, you can get them in the show notes at WellpreneurOnline.com/slash and if you enjoyed this episode it would be really great if you could do me a favor go into iTunes and subscribe to the Wellprinter online podcast that way you'll get all of the episodes weekly as they're released and you'll never miss one and while you're there please leave me a review on iTunes reviews are so important to help me get the word out and let other people learn about this podcast so I'd really appreciate it thanks so much for listening and I'll see you back here next week with the next episode